Hi, this is your host, Nisa Harris, and you are listening to Shomea Ve'one Tehillim and Other Hebrew Text Podcast, Episode 41. The following is the recitation of Psalm 36, aka Perik or Mizmor Lamed Vav. After the recitation, stay tuned to hear more about this Mizmor. Psalm 36 Lam Adonai Ledavid Neum Pesha Lirasha Bekerev Libi Ein Pachad Elohim Leneged Enav Ki Hachalik Elav Beenav Limtso Avono Snow Divre Piv Aven Umirma Chadal Lahashkil Lahetiv Aven Yachshov Al Mishkavo Yitjatsev Al Derech Lotov Ra lo im as Adonai bahashamayim chastacha Emunatra ad shechakim Sitkatra keharare el Mishpatacha tehom raba Adam Uvehema Toshia Adonai Mayakar Chastecha Elohim Uvene Adam Bitzel Knafecha Yechesayun Yerviyun Midashan Betacha Venachal Adanecha Tashkem Ki Amcha Mikor Chaim Beorcha Nir Eor Mishoch Chastecha Liodecha Bitzit Katcha Liyishrei Lev Tivoeni Regel Gaava Viad Rishaim Al Tinidani Sham Naflu Poale Aven Dohu Velo Yahlu Kum Psalm 36 is not a well-known psalm, but definitely one I have gleaned a lot from, and I'll do my best to condense a mountain of thoughts within just a few minutes. On the surface, it simply appears that, once again, David discusses the evil person, the Russia, which we have learned is someone that no longer attempts to connect to Hashem. How this being doesn't 
fear God and his words are deceitful and even goes to bed with thoughts of how they will ensnare others, etc. And then this is followed by what simply seems to be praise of Hashem for his loving kindness, faithfulness, righteousness, and justice that extends and is seen throughout the vastness of nature. Seems pretty straightforward. However, the commentaries understand that Pesha in the second Pasuk is referring to our Yetzirah, that part of you which inclines you towards not doing good. And David Amalek is pointing out that even he deals with these thoughts that appeal to our own worst instincts. And yet, the psalm starts off referring to David as an Eved Hashem, a worshiper of God, a phrase that has been mentioned in Psalm 18 one other time, and is the title that Moshe Rabbeinu has the honor of having. So how could it be that someone who has any bad thoughts, one that even try and convince him that Ein pachad elokim, there is no fear of God, aka there's there's no one actually watching to see if we do good or bad. How can someone like that be called an Eved Hashem? The reality is there is not one person on earth that does not have a bad inclination to answer to. It looks different for everyone, sure. Some are inclined to gossip, to brag, to steal, to kill, to be angry or fearful, to have depressive thoughts, to have thoughts of worthlessness, to do or just think about doing socially unacceptable things. And the Gemara Brachot says that even the tzaddikim are tortured by thoughts and have to answer to good inclination for why they didn't do even more chesed. We can all make ourselves crazy and feel guilt for our actions or even just thoughts that aren't acted upon. Dr. Edger a clinical psychologist that has helped thousands out of their mental prisons, says in her book, The Choice, she had just revisited what was probably a painful Holocaust memories, and she gets up in front of the audience to say, isn't it amazing? The worst brings out the best in us. Such a simple yet profound statement. I ask you, have you ever considered how much stronger you become after you have wrestled with the inclination trying to convince you to do something against your value and you won, even just for a moment? This, I believe, is being an Eved Hashem. Not the winning, but the desire to continue to try to battle and align yourself with Hashem's good values. To summarize the Nativot Shalom, if a day goes by that you have not had a conversation with the Yetzirahara, it's not considered a day, and you have not completed your mission for why you were given life today. Now granted, it's difficult for us to face ourselves, to allow ourselves to be vulnerable and insecure, but if we don't literally put a name to and discuss and introspect on a regular basis why we choose to do the things we do, and instead remain ashamed and attempt to suppress without first examining, then we allow ourselves to have what Dr. Edger refers to as a victim's mind, a way of thinking and being that is rigid, blaming, pessimistic, stuck in the past, unforgiving, punitive, and without healthy limits or boundaries. She goes on to say that being a survivor, being a thriver, requires absolute acceptance 
of what was and what is. Survivors don't have the time to ask, why me? For survivors, the only relevant question is, what now? End quote. After acknowledging that he deals with this natural human burden, David Amelech follows this with what really is just gratitude, that he doesn't have to be his own judge because God does that in a justified, compassionate way. And he states in Pasuk 8, And the children of man seek refuge in the shadow of your wings. This image of fledglings gathered under their mother's wings, accepted, protected, unconditionally. And then in Pasuk 10, Orcha nirei or. In your light, we see light. That expression of having found a way out of the darkness of your mind because you bask in the comforting light of Hashem's charge. Rabbi Sachs says, Sukkot is the festival of insecurity. It is the candid acknowledgement that there is no life without risk, yet we can face the future without fear when we know we are not alone. He goes on to say, security is not something we can achieve physically, but it is something we can acquire mentally, psychologically, spiritually. All it needs is the courage and willingness to sit under the shadow of God's sheltering wings. For the sukkah, that quintessential symbol of vulnerability, turns out to be the embodiment of faith, end quote. So I'm not advising you not to feel guilt over your thoughts or actions because sometimes reality is that might be the only check you have against committing your unwanted deeds. And I'm also not saying you should always feel guilty over them either because that will just leave you frozen in a pit of self-pity. This psalm reminds me that we are empowered to put a face to demons that we will inevitably that we will inevitably have and call them out instead of trying to shove them down too hard to the point where they can actually cause more damage we are meant to sort through them with regularity have that battle either in your own head or with a trusted someone and knowing that we have that we have done our best there we can choose to free ourselves of unrealistic judgments given our natural tendencies, recognize the places where we have become stronger and contributed positively to the world despite our struggles, and leave the rest up to God. May we be able to always face our demons, come to understand them, and how they make us better people despite the negative feelings we need to wade through and come out only positively stronger and more trusting of our stability and as a result of having battled. The learning and recitation of this psalm is the hope and prayer for pacifying the civil unrest and distrust and angst that is seeding its way through society. May everyone be able to introspect and check themselves to the point where they are able to have the strength and ability to battle the negative reactions inside of them and be able to come together with an opposing side or issue with peaceful and respectful perspective to enable everyone to live side by side despite different outlooks. 
please stay tuned until after this quick break. If there is an episode that you would like to sponsor, or if you have any questions, please email me at nursenisa1, N-U-R-S-E-N-I-S-A, the number one, at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to join the Facebook group to be aware of upcoming episodes. Please subscribe and share. Thank you for joining. Thank you.